Hello, everybody. It's me, Max. It's another episode of Max Sports. I'm doing game day predictions for the NFL. We got Thursday night football tonight. I'll break that down, give you a prediction of every game that I think will happen this weekend in the NFL. Um, hopefully the sound sounded good. I'll have to wait until I'm done recording, obviously, to hear it. But um, I'm actually out of town right now. I got a bit of a makeshift um, recording area. It's just a hotel room, a laptop, and a mic. So hopefully it sounds just as good as it does when I'm at home. Um, I will say it's a great view of Detroit that I'm seeing right now. We got a lot of beautiful stuff. I can see Ford Field across town. I can see uh, Motor City Casino. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful sight. You can see Canada from here. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm here with uh, for my actual job, but I still wanted to get a uh, episode out for everyone and kind of give you a breakdown of what I think is going to happen this week in the NFL, give you some good picks. Let's get this episode started off right. Again, if you ever want to support the show, um, following me on Facebook or rating and reviewing my episodes or my overall show on Spotify is a great way to do so. When you rate and review it, it recommends it to Spotify to other listeners that might want to listen to content similar to this. So any way you'd like to do that, I appreciate it. It's not required. Again, listening to the show is, is enough to make my day. But if you ever want to go all in out, I don't have a problem with it. Let's get our picks started in our first segment, and then I will break down Thursday Night Football. Let's get this episode started. All right, so I'm going to try and get these predictions done as good as possible. Remember, a couple things here. First things first, if you're asking yourself, where's college football? Well, I'm sorry, bud. And I want to lay back down, take a little nap, wait till tomorrow, because it's not today. Today is NFL only. Second, we do have a Thursday night football game. I'll be breaking that down in segment two. So if you're looking for a prediction for Saints-Jaguars tonight, you'll have to wait for that. I'm doing all of the other NFL games. So Sunday night football, uh, Monday night football, and then all the afternoon games on Sunday. So starting things off, we got the Las Vegas Raiders playing the Chicago Bears. To break things down real quick for you in this game, the Bears are going to be without Justin Fields. At 1-5, and five, uh, their season's pretty much over, especially with playoff contention. Even talking about that, it's over. I'm looking at the Las Vegas Raiders team here, and they're at 3-3. Three and three. They're a 500 team, but man, they have not really sold me on being a good team this season. They've had multiple mistakes on offense. The defense has been solid. Max Crosby's been one of the greatest uh, pass rushers this season. The only thing I'm having a problem with is the offensive end. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has been hurt multiple times, missed multiple games. We don't know if he's even healthy for this matchup against the Bears as of today. Brian Hoyer could be the starter. Aiden O'Connell could be the starter. Or somehow Jimmy Garoppolo could come back. We don't even know. And so what on earth are we supposed to think about either of these teams? Because both of them could be playing with a backup quarterback. Well, I like the Raiders' defense a little bit more than I like the Chicago Bears' defense, and I really specifically like the the weapons that the Raiders have. Josh Jacobs hasn't had the greatest year so far. He's played a little down to the competition. He hasn't showed up in some games. Whether you want to blame that on him or you want to blame that on your offensive line, that's something to be said. But the run game hasn't been as consistent as it has uh, the previous season for, for Vegas. The receivers, though, Jacoby Myers – and Devontae Adams, huge, huge, skilled receivers. They are absolute beasts, and, and that is the that is the lifeline. When everything is failing, they throw it to one of those two guys, and they make a play. And while it's not the most consistent thing at times, 
when it works, man, it does work. As for the Bears, I mean, you're going to be without Justin Fields. I don't know if they're going to continue playing their backup that they had last week, Tyson Badgett. I believe that's the right name. Might be might be butchering it, but this kid was an undrafted D2 quarterback coming in. And I hate to say it this way, but he really looked like it in his first appearance uh, for the Bears this past season. He came in immediately, strip sack fumble, and then he threw a late game interception. It was not looking good for Badgett. I will say the team has looked better in other weeks than it did this past week, so maybe they'll pull something around. It is in Chicago, but unfortunately, I'm going to take the Raiders to win this one. I don't think that the Bears have a chance without Justin Fields and his dynamic running ability. Moving on to the next one, we got the Cleveland Browns coming in to Indianapolis. Now, the Browns are at 3-2 and two on the season. They've already had a bye week. We still don't know about Deshaun Watson. It's weird how he's had an injury and the coaching staff kind of talked about how he was going to be gone for maybe a week or so. It's now been a bye week and two weeks and he has not played. Dorian Thompson Robinson's gotten some action and then PJ Walker had action against the 49ers last week. They're coming in against the Indianapolis Colts. This could once again be a backup quarterback versus a backup quarterback. If you haven't heard Anthony Richardson, the stud rookie quarterback, for the Colts is out for the season with a shoulder injury. I've been telling people for for weeks now they're going to kill this kid. They aren't telling him to slide. They're not protecting him in the pocket. They're going to kill him. And what did I say? I, I'm not happy that it happened. I didn't want it to happen. But it did, and I'm pissed. Because, honestly, Anthony Richardson was one of the rookie quarterbacks this year that was actually lighting it up. He looked better than Bryce Young. He, he he played more than Will Levis. I mean, honestly, it was going to be Stroud and Richardson, and both of the teams are, are at 500. So it would have been really cool to see two young teams, Colts, Texans. That's going to be a great matchup when they play each other. I would have loved to have seen it um, again this year. I It, it sucks to, to see this happen. but So it's going to be Gardner Minshew at the helm for the Colts, and they're going to be playing the Cleveland Browns with a potential backup again. We don't know if it's DTR or if it's going to be P.J. Walker. I think they're going to take Walker here, despite both of them being absolute turnover machines. Walker's a little more experienced. He's had more reps in the NFL. And honestly, I'm picking Cleveland to win this one because I think the defense is going to hold up. I think it's a much better unit than what the Colts can put out on either side of the field. And I think Gardner Minshew is going to struggle against this elite Cleveland Browns defense. You saw the 49ers offense really start to get shut down. I think the same thing is going to happen with the, uh, with the Indianapolis this weekend. Moving on to the next one, we got the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Once upon a time, that this this matchup kind of had a role reversal. It was the Patriots always coming in, looking to continue their dynasty of division titles, and they come in and play against a Buffalo Bills team that was probably two and four, one and five, something pathetic. They beat them, you know, twenty eight to six, and they move on with their day. This has changed now. They, you know, the shoes on the other foot. I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills, and man, Josh Allen has been absolutely kicking ass at times this year. It, they've had a bit of an inconsistent offense. Again, the thing I talked about that was a big concern coming into this season was the run game. There's times where James Cook has run for over a hundred yards, and then there's time where the leading times where the leading rusher is Josh Allen, and that's not a good look, even if. He makes big plays with his feet. You need a consistent run game. You need a run game that can end games. And this is not what the Bills have done at times this season. 
Despite that, though, they are 4-2. They have a tiebreaker over the Dolphins. And any day the Miami slips up and the, pa- or the Patriots and the Bills win, we're going to be seeing Buffalo in the driver's seat of the division once again. I think they continue their hot streak of winning a game last week against the Giants with winning another game this week against the Patriots. Unfortunately, Mac Jones looks terrible. And yes, I do have concerns with the Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, Matt Milano is going to be out for a significant future of the season. I'm also looking at Trey White. He tore his Achilles. So arguably the two best players on this Bills defense are done for the immediate future. And despite that, they still held the Giants to majority of field goals last week. Now it is the Giants, so we don't know everything about it. But the defense is still holding up when it needs to at times, despite missing out their big stars. So I do like the Bills to beat the Patriots in this game. Moving on to the next one, we got the Washington Commanders at the New York Giants. By the way, so far, I have picked only Road Warriors. I don't know if that's going to bite me in the butt later, but... Who knows? We got the Commanders at the Giants. So I'm taking the commies on this one. I think the Commanders have a much more balanced team. My biggest concern about it would be the amount of times Sam Howell has been getting sacked. He is on pace right now to get almost 97 sacks this season. And it's not just his fault trying to extend plays. There's sometimes before he can even settle into his drop back, he's getting absolutely lit up by a defensive end on the other team. He is projected to get over double-digit sacks more than David Carr did for the Houston Texans that ruined his career. They can't protect this guy. The offensive line is absolute trash. Despite that, what have I seen from the Giants at all this season that makes me believe that the Giants have any chance whatsoever of beating this team? Tyrod Taylor is going to be at the helm again. You had him audibling out of plays that Brian Dayball was calling last year or last week. And it ended up screwing the Giants where he audibled for a run play and then blew that because the clock ran out. Just absolute stupidity from this team. And honestly, the Giants have probably been one of the biggest disappointments of the season right now. Absolutely sucking since they've won a playoff game last season. I don't think that that's going to be continuing at all for this team. I'm going to take the Commanders to win this one. Give me Washington on the road. Moving on to the next one, we got an NFC South matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Atlanta Falcons come in, and I think there are some questions at quarterback. Desmond Ritter threw three interceptions and looked terrible uh, last week. It was absolutely unwatchable. I felt like the Falcons were going to win. I picked them to win the game. What do they do? They throw turnover after turnover after turnover. I'll be honest, this Falcons team probably could be, I'd say, at least 4-2 and two if it wasn't for the quarterback play of Desmond Ritter. I'd even argue that any other starting quarterback in the NFL could have this Atlanta Falcons team at 4-2. and two. Desmond Ritter's been terrible. There's a lot of times where teams bring the pressure and disrespect the secondary and disrespect the weapons because they know that Desmond Ritter's not going to be able to get them the ball. When I look at Tampa Bay, they just got an absolute pounding by the Detroit Lions last week, a 20-6 to loss. They couldn't even get in the end zone one, game, one time. I think that the Falcons have the better offense if Desmond Ritter can turn it around, or maybe they switch up to Taylor Heineke uh, for the Buccaneers. I like some of the weapons. I like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. The only thing for me with this Buccaneers team that they're kind of lacking at times is a run game. 
Rashad White's been an okay running back, but the game itself, the blocking, the run game, they couldn't do anything on Detroit last week. I doubt they do anything against this Falcons Falcons defense. However, it's in Tampa. I like Baker Mayfield more than I like Desmond Ritter. Give me the Bucks to win this game. This one, in my eyes, is probably the game of the week, and it's not because it's my home team. We got my Detroit Lions taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The big factors I'm taking away in this game that help me pick what I want, uh, help me pick a safe pick in my eyes, I'm looking at the Lions and the Ravens. When I come into this one, the Lions actually right now have about a top five offense in all of the NFL, and they have a top five defense. Within that defense, though, they also have the number one run defense in the NFL. So the number one run defense this season, going back to last season, is going to be playing probably one of the best running attacks in the NFL when it comes to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens run, you know, run first offense. It's going to be a great matchup. It's in Baltimore, so this will be a tough one. I've picked the Detroit Lions every single week this year. I'm probably going to do this again. I'm going to take Detroit here, mainly because I like the balance of both sides of the ball. There are times where the Baltimore Ravens, their defense is really good. I will give them a lot of credit for that. I will say, though, there's also times where they don't look very good on the offensive side, whether it's over-relying on Lamar Jackson to create with his feet or the lack of passing attack. There are very few times outside of Zay Flowers I've really seen a receiver, not Mark Andrews, not a tight end, but a receiver on this team do something that is unexpected of them to do. Odell Beckham Jr., has gotten a ridiculous contract. He's getting paid more than DeAndre Hopkins to do what, I might ask. And and honestly, there's just not a lot. Rashad Bateman isn't the greatest receiver in my eyes. And I think this Detroit Lions defense, if they force Lamar Jackson to throw, I think that the secondary of, of the Lions is going to be much better than the weapons of the Ravens. Give me Detroit in this one. I think it'll be the game of the week because it's two completely different play styles, two different winning teams. I, I like both of these teams a lot. I think I'm going to take Detroit to win this one, though. Moving on to our next game, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I think the offenses look much better since Cooper Cup has entered the league again, uh, you know, getting healthy, coming back with his team. I think they look much improved. I will say I like Stafford as well over Kenny Pickett. I've said multiple times this year, And I always try and update it for my listeners so you guys know where I'm at with it. I said the Rams look like a hollow team. What do I mean by that? Well, they have three big pillars. Think of your building a house, right? You have three big support structures. Those would be Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald. After that, the rest of the house is kind of made out of cardboard boxes. You really don't know what you're getting from any of these players. There's youth, there's just inexperience, and then there's just lack of talent. And so they have some high-end talent, but then they don't really have anything around it. The Steelers have a great defense, especially led by TJ Watt. Watch out for them. He's probably going to be getting a sack here in this game because there are times where this Los Angeles Rams O-line cannot protect Stafford long enough in the pocket. However, though, Matt Canada's offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers has been absolutely pathetic this year. There are times where they're only averaging about a minute and a half per drive. Yikes. I'm going to take the Rams in this one over the Steelers. I think that Stafford has more experience than Kenny Pickett. I like Cooper Cup more than any of the Steelers' weapons. Yes, they will be without Kyron Williams, but I think they'll be able to keep the run game going just fine. Give me the Rams. 
Up next, we got the Seattle Seahawks hosting the Arizona Cardinals. The Seahawks came off of a brutal loss uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a very winnable game that they had times to control all throughout, but they came up short in due to their own mishaps. Uh, DK Metcalf is kind of having a bit of a diva mentality. Uh, it just seems like at this rate, if he doesn't catch the ball, he just finds the closest safety or corner and just shoves them after the play. And it's going to be to the point where he's going to get suspended a game if he's not careful doing this. I like the Seahawks. They have a lot more talent than the Cardinals. I will say, don't be surprised if this game is close. Don't be surprised if the Cardinals have the lead at halftime. Why? This Cardinals team is probably the best bad team in football. They fight hard. They keep games close. Sometimes they'll even have the lead. They had the lead over the the Giants uh, at times throughout the season. They play teams tough. And I'll give them credit. There's a lack of talent, but there isn't a lack of effort. And when there's effort, sometimes that can outplay talent on a day where that talent isn't trying. We saw that from Seattle last week. So I'm going to take Seattle because they're back at home. And it's hard for it to beat Seattle in their home dome. But I will also say, keep an eye on this one being a closer matchup. Moving on to the next one, we got the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos. I am not taking Broncos country anymore. Most of my losses this season have been putting faith in the Denver Broncos and being burned. And, or then the, there's the one occasion, I believe I took the Chicago Bears and then they lost to the... Uh, so I'm I I don't like picking any game that this team's in. <laughs> I'm looking at um, Green Bay here though, coming off of a bye week. They didn't play last week, and they had a humiliating loss um, to the Lions a couple weeks ago, and then they had a loss uh, two weeks ago. Bottom line, this this Packers team is young. It's a youth movement. Jordan Love is going to make mistakes. The offense is going to make mistakes. Romeo Dobbs. Christian Watson and Jaden Reed, all are first and second year receivers. And that's that's the best they got. Luke Musgrave's a rookie tight end. Like all of the weapons are young. And so when I look at this, this Packers team, there's a lot of inexperience. I think this will be another close matchup. I think that the Packers win this one because I think Matt LaFleur has been a better coach in his recent years than what I've been seeing of Sean Payton recently. I like the Packers to win this one. Jordan Love. He's had really good-looking games, and he's had really bad-looking games. I've noticed a difference, though, and I, I've i said this when I noticed the David Bakhtiari injury. When they lost David Bakhtiari, Jordan Love has been pressured a lot more. He's one of the best blindside blockers in the entire NFL. He's battled injury problems, and look at how smooth that this Packers run game and pass coverage is when he's there as opposed to when they aren't. He got hurt right before the Lions game, and they have not looked the same since. So maybe I'm I'm still looking at the early weeks of this Packers team, but keep an eye on them because I'm picking the Packers to win this one. But if this offensive line continues to play like they did the last couple weeks without Bakhtiari, this could be a definite Broncos win. So keep an eye on that. All right, another Sunday game we have. We have the Kansas City Chiefs. Versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one. The Chargers had the talent to always compete with any team in the NFL. But as we saw last week on Monday Night Football, they don't do that. They are, like, chargering is, should be an actual word to describe underperforming. Chargering, yes. The Chargers have always underperformed, whether it's Phillip Rivers, whether it's Justin Herbert. They just never find a way to get the most out of their talent. 
Brandon Staley has been an absolute clown ball this season as a coach, whether it's him gambling, going for it on it, going for it and fourth and short, even when it doesn't make sense. He, he seems to go for it when it doesn't matter. And that's causing his teams to almost blow games left and right. He's lucky. He is lucky that the Chargers are two and three right now because weeks one and two, he gambled for it. It cost his team, and he's lucky that they even managed to get wins out of it. It cost them in losses. It's cost them in wins at times. Overall, I don't like Brandon Staley, and I don't think that he is, his coaching style can get them out of the problems that this Chargers team's been facing. Give me the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs score early. I think they rely on their defense, and then I think they use long, slow drives focused around the run game and middle uh, of the field passing to really run the clock out and, and put a lot of strain on the Chargers, maybe force them into a turnover. We have a big game here between two five and one teams. This could also be a game of the week, um, depending if you can get it on your station route. Oh, it's Sunday Night Football. What am I talking about here? So I'd say the Lions are probably the game of the week if you can get it. If you can't get this one on, that one on TV, I'd definitely watch Miami versus Philly. Uh, Philly came off of their first loss of the season. They did not look great against the New York Jets. They are coming in against the high-flying Dolphins. I'll say this. The Dolphins' offense is historically good right now. Historically good. So you can look at it one of two ways if you're trying to pick this game. You could say, it's an outlier. They're not going to be the greatest offense we've ever seen forever. They're going to come back to earth. And maybe expect Philly's defensive line, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, to really put a strain on Tua and slow down that offense. Or you could say, well, you know what? The Eagles just kind of got exposed to the New York Jets. Is there a chance that maybe the, the Dolphins just run it up on them? Eh? I'd say this. The Eagles have been playing with their food all season long. What do I mean by that? They'll get a bit of a lead. Let's say 14-0, 17-3, something like that. And then they do nothing. Their offense just shuts off. It powers off. And they allow every team to slowly climb back into games this year. It's happened multiple times. It happened against the Jets. And it finally bit them in the ass. Or the feathers, I guess, if you want to call it. It's the Eagles. But bottom line, I don't think they will have the ability to play like this at all versus the Dolphins. If they play like that versus the Dolphins, it is going to be 28-10. to 10. In no time, it's going to be over. And that's going to be the halftime score, and the Dolphins aren't going to look back. This is the best defense that the Dolphins have faced. I do think that this will slow down their high-flying scoring offense, but I think that they have multiple ways, multiple looks that they can give this Eagles defense that has some youth to it, confuse them. I don't like the secondary at all by Philly. I think with Darius Slay out, he's been having and he's been battling injury. We'll say that. Um, I, I think that Tyreek Hill is going to run all over this defense. So I'm taking the Finns in this one. Give me Miami. Moving on to the next game. This is Monday Night Football. We have San Francisco. We have the 49ers versus the Minnesota Vikings. I'll be honest, both of these teams have really good offenses. You wouldn't think that from Minnesota because they're at 2-4, and four, but they actually do. On the defensive end, though, for the Vikings, I think that they are very, very flawed. The problem with their defense would be that their secondary, their linebackers are kind of weak. Yes, they have Harrison Smith, and yes, he's um, a vet, experienced guy, but he's in his mid-30s now, well, early mid-30s, 33 years old. He's not the player he once was. When I look at this Vikings defense, I'm seeing a, a severe weakness in the secondary that wasn't exploited last week due to the weakness of the Bears quarterback play. Brock Purdy, though, if you give him time in the pocket, he will beat your defense up. 
I don't think that the, the, the Browns really exposed some holes in San Fran, but I think the majority of it was due to the fact that the Cleveland Browns defense is much better. They have a better secondary. They have a better pass rush. The Vikings have to blitz almost 70% of the time on defensive plays because they can't they can't hold people. They can't stop people with their secondary. It's so bad that they just have to outright blitz you before you have a chance to, to really read the defense. So this has caused them to get burned at times this year. It happened against Tampa. Um, I think it'll happen again this week against the 49ers. This is going to be the Monday night game, of course. I will be breaking this down on Sunday night after the recap. So I want to share what happens after this week, what it really means for these teams. But I'm going to be taking the 49ers in this one. That leads us to our Thursday night matchup, Jaguars and Saints. That will be covered in segment two, uh, just right after this, obviously. Um, The Jaguars come in to the New Orleans Saints for a Thursday night matchup tonight on Amazon Prime. I'll be breaking that down in just a sec. It's time to break down tonight's Thursday night matchup between the Jaguars and the Saints. Who am I going to pick? Well, find out. To start things off, I'm going to do a quick breakdown of both of these teams. The Jaguars and the Saints both have playoff expectations this year. The Saints have a very veteran roster, big names like Cam Jordan. They have a great secondary, um, Tyron Matthew. They have a lot of vets. This is a vet-filled team. Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best corners in the league. That's their defense. On the offensive end, obviously they have names like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Derek Carr. A lot of talent there. Chris Olave. What's been the problem with the Saints, though? Why are they at 3-3? and Well, despite having a lot of talent and a very veteran roster, it just hasn't worked. I don't know why. Uh, The only way I can explain it is with numbers. And so far on the offensive end, it has not been showing up. The defensive end has been much better, but this team could argue, arguably be 4-2 and two if they didn't choke away a couple games due to the offense. Whether it was the the Texans game that happened last week where they were very close and managed to just come up short because the offense couldn't do anything, or you, you maybe want to talk about the Green Bay game where as soon as Derek Carr got injured, they blew their 17-0 lead, didn't score a single point in the second half of the game, and then missed a game-winning field goal. Overall, the the Saints team has really struggled. Dennis Allen is in his second year as the head coach of the Saints. Last year, they were 7-10. and A lot of people thought that acquiring Derek Carr from the Las Vegas Raiders would definitely help boost the offense as last year. They tried to do a Jameis Winston slash Andy Dalton. Uh, It did. It was bad. It was bad. We'll just say that. And it honestly cost them a playoff spot last year because they were really close at seven and ten. You got to remember, last year Tampa made it at eight and nine. So this team really thought that the, the acquisition of Derek Carr would change this team, really boost the offense, help it match up with the defense well, and maybe get them into a playoff spot. That does not look like the case so far this season, though. They've lost games countless times. They've only scored over twenty points once this season. The only time they've done that was against the Patriots. Yeah, it, it has not been pretty. So for the Saints team, I'm having a hard time really wondering what they're supposed to be. I think they're having a bit of an identity crisis. They're coming in and playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars team that had a lot of expectations coming into this season based off of their hot streak last year. Everyone remembers they started 4-8 and eight on the season last year. It didn't look like things were going very well for them. Boom, they went out 
go into the wild card game with the division. Well, they won the division championship, went into the wild card game against the Chargers, and then completed the greatest comeback in playoff history against them to go to the divisional round and give the Chiefs a good run for their money. It's a very young team. Doug Peterson's in his second year with the Jaguars. Overall, I think that this is a very skilled team. They came into the season with high expectations and started a little slow. At one point in time, they were about 2-2. Two and two, Wasn't looking great. Well, they've got a couple good wins under their belt now, and I think that this Jaguars team is finally becoming what people are expecting. A couple things to keep an eye on. Derek Carr has not been looking very good for this team. They might be trying something else, not necessarily position-wise, like benching him, but keep an eye on him. He's battled injuries. And he hasn't looked great at times this year. He might be playing with an injury still. For the Jags, Trevor Lawrence has also had a bit of a nagging injury. Keep an eye on him as well. You don't want to see anyone get hurt in this game, obviously, but I don't think either quarterback is coming into this game 100%. When it comes to the weapons, both teams have really good weapons. Both of them have a good run game. Saints have uh, Alvin Kamara. Jaguars have Travis Etienne. When it comes to the receiving game, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, uh, Jimmy Graham is back. I don't think he's really been doing much for this team, though. Uh, that's all on New Orleans. For the Jaguars, you have Evan Ingram, you have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, a lot of talent there. So overall, both of these teams have talent. One of them's been able to show more, though. I think the Jaguars win this one because I think, honestly, the magic number for them is 21. If they can score 21 points, I think they beat the Saints because they aren't going to be able to keep up with them on the offensive end. I think that the Jaguars are capable of scoring three touchdowns, and based on how I've seen the Saints offense play this year, I don't think that's the same case. I'm going to take the Jaguars to win this one, and I don't think it's going to be very close. If I had to do a prediction of what I think, I think it'll be 24-10, or not 24-10, 24-14. We'll call it a double-digit victory. That's pretty big in the NFL. I'll take the Jaguars to win this one tonight. Tell me what you guys think. Are you playing along in my pickums? I'm right right now I'm in second place in our league. I'm behind one pride 85. And uh, I don't think I'm catching up. I'm not doing good enough to do that. But uh, I, I feel like I'm doing pretty good in our picks. So far on the season, I'm at 57 and 36. So it's not too bad. I'm ranking, you know, just around uh, 189,019. That's apparently where I'm at on all of ESPN. So <laughs> I didn't realize that many people even played this kind of stuff. But yeah, that is where I am at with this tomorrow. We got college football. I'm going to be doing college football picks. I'm going to be breaking down what teams I think are playoff contenders, who, who are my favorite teams, one of my favorite games this week. We got some good ones, Ohio State, Penn State. Of course, I'm going to be breaking down that one. That's on my pick em sheet. I'm leaning Buckeyes right now still, but I, I, maybe someone can talk me into Penn State, but I think i got some stats to make you think otherwise. Other than that, my name's Max. This has been Max Sports. Thank you all for listening. Hope to see you all. Uh, not see you all. Hear all for... Wow, we're really butchering it on the way out of here, friends. Um, hope to hear from you all in the next episode. Again, remember, I have a Facebook page if you ever want to reach out to me. Send me fan mail. Talk to me about something that you would like me to share on the show. Hit me up there. I got DMs, and I also have just comment sections of every page or uh, yeah, every Facebook post I make. So thank you all for listening. My name is Max. This has been Max Sports. Adios.